Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Shelly Prevost, CEO of Torch. Shelly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me, Kevin. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. It's it's interesting what you guys are doing, and I'm excited um, now that I'm a father myself to kind of talk about what you're doing in in the kind of the space that you're in. We'll kind of get to that later, but maybe before we kind of get into Torch, let's kind of cover your background and where you grew up. Sure. Um, I grew up lots of places. It's really difficult for me when people say, where are you from? It's difficult for me to to really distill that down into one spot. Okay. Um, I was born in Missouri, kind of okay. Midwest. Sure. Have my, my dad was in pharmaceutical sales, and he was very good at it, so he kept getting promotions. Okay. Um, so we moved, you know, lot, I ended up spending the most of my formative years in Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay, interesting. Uh, middle school, high school, and into college. And then, um, so we were there probably nine years and um, went to Georgetown College, which is in central Kentucky, small Southern Baptist school. Sure. What did you take? I was a psychology and communications double major. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. So I, um, and I, and I knew having taken psychology, actually it was my junior year, my advisor said, you have to pick a a major. I was like, well, I like psychology. I have the most classes in psychology. Let's do that. Sure. Um, So I did. And I learned very quickly that I needed to go on and get a master's to do the, to really um, do what I wanted to do with psychology. So then I went to Wheaton College in Chicago area and did a master's. Why did you go up to Chicago? Just out of curiosity. You know, I I did my research and looked at different schools. Um, It had a really good reputation. It was kind of a pastoral counseling type of program. Okay. Uh, It was a a master's in clinical psychology, but it was at this, you know, evangelical Christian school. Sure. Uh, It was just a fantastic education. So, and I, you know, I was ready for change. I had kind of spent most of my Cincinnati and then Kentucky. So I'd kind of done this Midwest type of um, life for a while. So I was ready for a change. Chicago is still one of my favorite cities. Uh, I had a ball there for two years. Um, And at the time, so I had had just met my husband right around then. Okay. And he uh, moved up to Chicago so that we could date. So we dated for a couple years and then got married. And then he ended up getting... Um, joining a PhD in creative writing program in Atlanta, oh, so at cool. Georgia State. So okay. he w- so we were there for five years, and um, yeah, and I was a school counselor at uh, at a school for a couple years, and then decided I wanted to go back to seminary. Okay. So I went to Emory for a year in their mas- Masters of Theological Studies program. And I tell people I got knocked up, and which is not <laughs> entirely true because I was married. Sure. But it's a fun story to tell. Sure. Um, so we d- we had decided that we wanted to have a baby, and it sure. just happened very quickly. So, um, so our first son was born in Atlanta in 2002, awesome. and that was kind of the mo- the point where I um, just really kind of reevaluated my life. You okay. know, quite frankly, like, do I want to do this academic thing? Um, at the time, I was looking at a PhD program 
in religion and personality. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and I just decided I'm I I don't want to do that. So stopped that program and became a youth director at a Methodist church that I love, loved still to this day. There's great people there. Um, and then we moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where my okay. husband got a job. So oh, okay. that's so, where we are now. Okay, awesome. So I'm kind of curious to know um, what Torch is and kind of why did you decide to start the company? Yeah. Um, so obviously my background's in psychology. Yeah. Not, I'm not a techie at sure. all. Like I'm the most, I laugh, but I'm the most non-technical co-founder of a tech company ever, but ever. I think that's interesting because there's a lot of people, especially some of the listeners that are kind of in the same boat as you, right? That they, they want to do something, yep. but they're, they're not technical or don't consider themselves technical. Find or, the right people. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing too is any industry you're in nowadays, you basically need a tech component. Like there's some piece of technology you're relying on to run your business. That's right. right. Yeah, and I think finding those right technical co-founders, which I'm fortunate to have. Okay. Uh, and then you don't have to be technical to lead a company. Sure. Uh, and really, in fact, I think there's some value in not being technical. I think that there's a perspective that I have as an outsider looking in that um, is just fresh. It's something different, and it's something that I, I can empathize with the non-technical sure. people out there, and parents especially. And so so that's what Torch is. Um so I'll back up three years. My sure. oldest son was 10 at the time. He's 13 okay. now. And he was starting to show signs of a video game addiction with sure, a like fun teenage a, boys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A fun little game called Minecraft, yep. which a lot of your listeners will know. Sure. Um, <clears throat> he was playing at all hours of the day and night. He would sneak and play from really? like one to five in the morning. Oh, wow. Um, unbeknownst to me and my husband and we thought something was wrong his grades were slipping we thought he was sick teachers were calling us in and saying yeah something's going on um so you know like most parents we felt we wanted to figure out what's happening how do we help and and it took us a a long time really a couple months to figure out that he was gaming overnight sure Um, so how did you kind of originally or eventually figure it out well, it became we it became clear as he was literally sleeping through class. Like like oh, okay. like he's some he's clearly fatigued here. There's some okay, sleep deprivation okay. going on. And then we did um you know, figure uh, we would check search histories, which uh, he was okay. really good at at uh, clearing. clearing his search <laughs> history. That's right. Or going incognito. Um, but he would forget to do it some and so we would oh, learn pretty okay. quickly. And I think that sure. was that was the moment where like, oh my gosh, he's playing all the time like he would play all the time if we'd let him sure um so we started unplugging the router every night because that's the only thing we knew to do sure just to like he has to sleep he has to go get some sleep sure and we would put it in our bedside table okay just so that was the only peace of mind that we that's the only thing we knew to do Um, and i've come to find out as i've been doing this with torch a lot of parents actually do that which is crazy that it gets to that point sure um so that was really it. And then, you know, my other two kids are not as technically kind of inclined as my oldest, but they have stumbled upon stuff. Um, sure. And one Nicki Minaj video that is very, was pr- problematic. <laughs> sure. We had to do a lot of explaining about what it was. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's just, I think, a real 
there was a disconnect in our home between the technical exploration that my kids were doing sure. and what my husband and I were equipped to oversee. Sure. And so that was really the birth of Torch. Uh, fortunately, I was a partner at a venture capital incubator at the time and okay. had a group of IT guys who were like, we're, he- we're going to help you. We're going to oh. figure this out. So you got lucky, really. Cause- really lucky. And, and, and that's honestly part of the reason Torch exists, too, is that it didn't feel fair. Like, oh, my friends okay. don't have IT people yeah, to yeah, help fair. them. Like, this is, you shouldn't need a network engineering degree to protect your kids online. So, yep. um, so they started helping me think through the problem in two ways. One was technically they were configuring routers for me because okay. they knew how to do it. Sure. Um, and then they were also my coaches. They were helping me understand what was he doing? Why was Minecraft so compelling? What is this site that he was going on all the time? It was some, you know, he's like some Mexican hacker site where he was learning, you know, getting cheat codes. Yeah, And, yeah, and totally. he, you know, so he's got this engineering brain um, that was just kind of compelled to do this, do work with technology. Sure. And I didn't understand it. And so they became my interpreters okay, uh, and my tech educators. And through that process, we figured out that there's actually a business model. There's something here because, you know, my generation of parents, I'm 41 and you know, our kids, I didn't have a computer until I was about 21 Okay. in college. I was a sophomore in college uh, before we actually had the internet, you know, we still had DOS and it was, you know, the the really archaic kind of screens and, um, and I've never been very, technology actually frustrates me. So I okay. try to stay away from it. So I think a lot of people, a lot of people are in that, yeah. boat, right? You yeah. know, and a lot of my yeah. generation, like we just sure. didn't grow up with it. And so sure. now we have kids that are moving into middle school, which is where the apex of like um, technology use kind of is, is, is middle schoolers. Sure. That's the, like, the kids use it the most, you know, seventh and eighth grade. And it kind of actually dies down later in high school. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm at this kind of critical point of needing to help my kids understand it figure out how to ethically use it mindfully use it Uh, and I don't really know how to do that because I didn't I don't have any context for that and I think people are looking for guidelines 100% and we're all asking each other you know my you know my mom friends will sit around and talk about like what's normal how much screen time should they have Uh, and even things like what's the best math app for long division you know, things sure. that we just, um, because our kids are spending so much time online. Yep. Um, and so that's really wanting to give parents access and tools and sure. simplify technology for parents so that they can become like well-equipped mentors for their kids growing technology. Sure. No, I, I think that's, that's really awesome. And I, I've actually kind of been thinking a lot about this as well. And like I mentioned kind of earlier is, like now that I'm a dad, this is kind of, you know, my daughter's a year and a half. So obviously I don't really have to worry about her serving the internet right now, but she's starting to play little games and whatnot on the phone. And you can already see that, you know, she's, I'm going to need to deal with this probably sooner than later. And yeah. and I kind of wanted to have you on the show and why I reached out to you is because I thought, you know, this is something I'm going to deal with. There's a lot of parents dealing with this. I know I have friends that have kids and, and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and, and so your first product is a router. So maybe do you want to kind of talk about exactly what it does and what it's for? Sure. 
So it's um, it's probably the most unsexy way to attack this problem, but no, it's the I, most smart totally. way to I, get to the solution here. Totally. You know, if you want to adjust internet use in the house, it's through the router. I mean, that's the simple, um, most comprehensive way to do it. And sure. so uh, usually when I say router, people kind of gloss over. Uh, but yeah, the router is it. The router is the power of the internet in your house. And so if you can harness that and adjust it, then you're... You're gonna you're gonna be a leg up on people that don't sure. have ability to manage that. So what we have done is basically pre-configured pre-configured a router, so you can set a bedtime. That's the first thing. Set a bedtime for your kids' internet. So just okay. like um, you know, I, here we are at SubX, and I said this morning I introduced myself and I said, you know, there was a moment of clarity where a year ago I was like, you know, someone invented a a switch for the light bulb for electricity. Oh, like I can turn off the light at night and sure. everybody it's sleep. You know, we're sleeping now it's dark. Okay. Why has someone not done that for the internet? And so sure. that's what we're, that's one of the first things we're doing is giving parents, uh, we call it a pause button, not a, not a switch, but so if you just want like your kids to go to bed, sure. you can configure their bedtime. It comes on in the morning when they're up and should have access to the internet. Uh, you can go in and pause it for things like dinner time. Oh, we okay. have um, kind of no screen Sundays. So Sunday oh. afternoons where if it's family time or it's reading time or, you know, something that doesn't involve a screen. So that would be a perfect example of of a time that you might want to pause the Internet in your house. Sure. That's actually a really good idea because I usually try to just take Saturday off. And, and I never thought about, like, actually just turning off my router, but, like, I put my phone away. Yeah, even that's the, hard, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's extremely difficult. It's really difficult because you can kind of keep, like, checking. And oh, looking. yes, for sure. And, like, my OCD is off the charts oh, yeah. if I don't have my phone for, like, around me. So to try Constantly to do it for an looking. entire day is I've it can started be um, wearing a, a watch so okay. that I'm not always kind of connected to my Oh, my phone. interesting. And then we've actually just re, re, repurchased an, an alarm clock which feels so ancient because I had my sure. phone by my bedside and I would sure. I would check it. And so, you know, and here's the thing too, like, and I'll get back to talking about the router, but sure. we adults c- can't control this. Totally. Why do we think our kids have an ability, a, you know, fully developed prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that makes judgment and, sure. and rational decisions when they don't really have that fully developed until they're in their 20s sure so we're giving them you know five-year-olds a key to the car and saying good luck make good decisions and I think you're right when you said earlier that there's a kind of a wave happening right now I think parents are beating this drumbeat of this is not good this isn't good enough sure we and you know g- getting in front of um the wave of technology, the wave of the internet, the the kind of full throttle approach that we have uh, been with in the last couple decades, that the internet has existed in full throttle form for everybody, including mm-hmm. our five-year-olds, including totally. our one-and-a-half-year-olds. Totally. Um, so now I think there is kind of a the pendulum swing where parents are saying, yeah, this isn't cool. Like, we need a light switch. We need the ability to oversee what our kids are doing online. Sure. So I'm, I'm curious, how do I control the router? Is it from my phone or laptop or? Both. Okay. So we'll have a, we have a web app and then we will have a mobile app that okay. you can go in and basically, um, so what it is is a pause button that controls the gateway okay. for the, for the bandwidth in sure. your house, so all the data in and out of your house. 
Um, so when you push the pause button, the gate close closes. Okay. And so what we're doing too is every kid in your house will have their own profile. Oh, okay. And then there's an adult profile that's not monitored. It's not restricted oh, at all. Okay. And then if you, so you can pause the whole house um, Very cool. for things like dinner time or, sure. you know, honey, get off your phone too or whatever. <laughs> um, or if, if you need to pause a specific kid, so you can just pause their devices oh, okay. because it's their profile. Sure. Um, and then the other thing we're doing is reporting feature, which is very much like a search history that you would get on your any computer, okay. but it's aggregate. It's all pulled together from every device. Okay. And kids can't circumvent it. So because it's at the router, right. they can't erase it. They can't even if they go incognito, the router still picks knows mm. has access to that data. Therefore, the parents have access to the data. Uh, and I'll tell you too, it's really one of the things we've kind of you know, baked into the philosophy of our company is if we'll be able to tell if kids are trying to get around the router with proxy servers, um, you know, different things like that where they might be able to circumvent. Sure. Sure. And so what I want to do as CEO of this company is email the parents and say, okay, this is, your kid did this and this kid's brilliant. This kid needs to get to MIT. Because if they can successfully get around our router, we want them for a summer intern. Um, Or you need to really harness their curiosity and their um, sure. abilities and, re- and put it into a direction that can benefit our world. Yeah, because you can turn something like that very positive, right? Yeah, and like absolutely. Even like a lot of hackers that get into, I don't know, like a bank, for example, the bank ends up hiring them because it's like, look, you figured out this. We spent yep. X amount of dollars, probably tens of millions of dollars on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Come tell us the other holes, exactly. right? Exactly. So, Help us. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's... No, the don't, whole space don't fascinates slap their me. hand. Totally, you know, redirect it and harness the pa- the yeah. this intellectual curiosity that the, 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 a lot of these kids have for technology. Sure. Um, so that's one. Th- yeah, I think that's just one of the fun things that we're going to be able to do. Um, and then we do have a filtering, what we call curating ability. So you, if you if you see them going on sites that you don't like, you can remove it from their profile. Oh, okay. So, so you can just like it, block this site exactly. oh okay yeah. Interesting. And, and, and you don't have to do it manual i mean you, you get a little thumbnail of what the the homepage looks like right and so you can very simply very easily figure out if this is something you want them to see or not very so. cool yeah no that makes a lot of sense and I, I think what you guys are doing is is actually really interesting to me and i think it makes a lot of sense and i think um most parents need this but they didn't know that this exists and mm-hmm. that's a huge thing so I'm kind of curious to know where can I get one and what's the cost? Yes. So we're direct to consumer right now on our website. So you can go to mytorch.com and it's $200 and we're we're in pre-orders right now through the end of April. Okay. At which point we will ship it. We'll be shipping the product. Okay. Um, I will say if you go um, probably to our Facebook page. So if you just search for torch on Facebook, we have some coupon codes going on right now. So you can get 20 up to, you know, 25% off to $50 off uh, for the cost of the router. And we're doing a lot of that right now through pre-orders um, okay. so that when we do ship, it will be a $200 price point for the router. Sure. Okay. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And you guys were funded on Kickstarter, correct? We were. Mm-hmm. So how was that experience? I know a lot of people are, are kind of have kind of different opinions on kind of the Kickstarter model, but it seems yeah. like it was really successful for you guys. Well, and so we were really lucky to have raised a seed round earlier. Okay. And so for us, Kickstarter was really a market test. Like, oh, do, are, okay. we, are cool. people going to 
pre-order this basically sure. are you know is this is there a product market fit here like we knew there was a problem we did a bunch of focus groups talked to thousands I've, I've literally talked to thousands of parents at this point sure who are all kind of beating the same drum of the problem okay but what we wanted to figure out is our so does our solution make sense okay um so that's what kickstarter was for us it was okay. a mo- it was an intense month and everybody on the team can tell you like we were all crazy people for <laughs> the well really the six months leading up to kickstarter sure because really the ma- the the success of kickstarter is in the planning oh is in yeah the preparation so we just did a ton of um market tests and focus groups and I would go to conferences and like parenting conferences and I'd be speaking and I'd be giving my card out. Okay. Uh, we would be building our email list so right, that we okay. finally, when we launched on Kickstarter, we would basically, you know, ask everybody, all those thousands of people that we had met, sure. come back, here's pre-order this, support our mission, support this okay. movement of digital parenting. Um, and so that's how we were, I believe, able to be successful. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I think there's a lot of people out there that fail on Kickstarter, but they just post an idea and don't really do anything with it. But I, I love the idea that you guys spent like a huge amount of time before you went on there Absolutely. to be successful. You mentioned something that was interesting to me. Um, when you said focus groups, what exactly did you do in these focus groups to kind of validate your product idea? Yeah, it was uh, probably what I would just consider a typical focus group okay. where, where I, I would put my psychologist hat on a okay. lot and I would want to I would want to try to understand um, not only the pain point of what parents were dealing and struggling with, but what were they already looking for with solutions Okay, um, and, and trying to understand what has been done, uh, what what isn't working already. Um, so that and we, and we did some UI testing a okay. little bit, like we would show them some mockups that we had and some models, even some some early early kind of m- prototypes that we sure. would draw up, um, and we'd get feedback on that. But it was mostly you know this soci- sociological kind of phenomenon happening right now with technology and families, and so we dove deep into the problem. Okay. Because I anecdotally, you know, I understand it because I have three kids, but I wanted sure. to understand the complexity of it and from lots of different angles and so that's um yeah and obviously there is a market we've we've had over a thousand backers thousand families on facebook i mean on kickstarter excuse me and we're seeing startups crop up you know almost daily trying to solve this problem and so um yeah there's definitely a market there no i I love it so i'm kind of curious maybe let's cover some other kind of tips and advice um, that you can kind of provide to parents that, you know, that you've kind of, you're like, oh, I have this problem and kind of how I, how you solved it or kind of just advice for people out there that don't really understand the space at all. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, I get asked a lot, what's your advice? Sure. For, and uh, and, you know, my, my big, huge, well, two big things that I talk a lot about. Um, One is understand your kid because your, their threshold will be different. Even if you have several kids, their threshold for what they can tolerate, whether it's screen time, whether it's content, their threshold is going to be different than your other children. So, you you know, I think that's the one big thing is that there's no kind of foolproof method here for kids and screen time. You know, and I think even the American Academy of Pediatrics are redoing all of their guidelines um, 
because they're outdated. I mean, we, we've, we're still we're figuring this out. And so I think really getting to know your kid and their threshold. I have one child who we've pretty much had to ban video games because he sure. just doesn't have the capacity to really manage that right now for himself. And then I have a couple kids that that's not so much a problem. So I think really understanding that. And I think also... Um, it, so insights, for example, that you would get from our router. Sure. It's, you know, for us, it's really a, it's a, an engagement tool. Okay. So understanding your kid's digital footprint and where are they going and where are they, where are they gravitating online? Where are they spending oh, a lot of time? What does that say about your kid? And then it opens up some really great parenting conversations with your kids. Sure. Like parenting moments, we call them. Sure. And I, I think the other thing interesting about that data is almost career focus down the line like you could basically say oh you like this kind of area of things maybe we should look at going to a career fair on i don't know this area right? absolutely so yeah that's well, actually even, really interesting you know, even for me it was you know seeing that my child and even my two younger ones now want to spend you know hours and hours playing minecraft sure or hours and hours watching drawing videos art videos on youtube sure. or you know they they have their their thing you know I, I tell people that what your kid is doing online says a lot about who they are sure but also about who they're becoming sure and so I think yeah, that, yeah. that we aren't doing our job as parents if we're not engaging in that and fostering that and having conversations and so that's my other piece of advice get those insights sure. and talk to your kid about it engage with them there let them teach you let them uh, show you what they're learning sure. and, and then yeah there's a when you see things you don't want them to see on their like their uh, the reporting feature, talk to them about it. Let sure. them know why this is not appropriate. Um, what is kind of an age appropriate way to talk about some of the content that they're seeing that maybe sure. they're not ready for? Sure. Um, so it really is know your kid and talk to your kid. And so those are kind of the two overarching kind of philosophies that I talk about. And I think you know in terms of the guidelines, everyone's like how much screen time and sure, how much. Sure. And I don't think we figured that out. I think I can show you as much data to suggest that kids um, who who game like a lot sure fare very well, and I can show you data to support that kids who game a lot are not faring very well. So so we yeah, have I think we will all be dead and gone before we have conclusive, real conclusive data about what are the effects in the brain, what sure. are the effects on. Um, you know, empathy is something that a lot of people are talking about with technology, the kind of this uh, lack of empathy that yeah. kids are growing up with. Sure. And I am just very cautious to come down on either either end of that because I just don't think we know. And again, I think it's um, we do have data, but by and large, rely on the anecdotal evidence of your kid. Sure. And I think the other part of the thing back to just kind of the data comment, it's like, some of these devices haven't even been around a decade. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can we do decades of research when these exactly. devices don't e haven't even been around that long? Yeah. So and real reliable data takes a long time sure. because it's test and retest. It's validity. It's reliability. And yeah. so, so we do have some data, but sure. to suggest that it's kind of this foolproof for all kids, yeah. I think is uh, is not what I would want to say. Sure. And I, I, your comment earlier about kind of nurturing the type of ch child they are. That's right. I think it's kind of really resonates with me because my parents were always super supportive of kind of anything that I've ever done. And I understand that that's not always the case with a lot mm -hmm. of people. But I remember growing up and we had a friend and 
his wife was always like, you can never make money in the arts. And it's kind of like, hmm. and he, he played drums and now he's a music teacher. It's like, well, yeah. that's the arts. Absolutely. He's teaching music. So yeah. it's like, yeah, he's a teacher, but he's still in the arts. It doesn't mean like, yeah, okay, maybe you can't color for a living or whatever. But, and like, I would say I'm in the arts, right? Like I'm creative director at a software company. And, Absolutely. You know, so that's the arts. So I think you could say like, here's how you can take your creativity and here's the jobs that are creative. Or if you're in technology or into science or math, or here's the jobs that you could go into that support what you're into, right? That's right, yeah. And I think that's the beauty of technology too. And I think that's why kids love it so much. Totally. Because there's so many directions that you can go. Uh, and technology is a tool. That's all it is. It's yep. a tool. You, I mean, finding your passion and finding something that you're really you're interested in. Technology is a tool to help you grow that and totally. scale that. Um, my son has just, uh, we've kind of said, you know, we've curbed the video games. Sure. But now he's doing, he's creating with uh, some kind of synthesizer or software, like a lot of music. And so. Oh, very uh, cool. And, now he, and he's even starting to write uh, novels okay. about video game playing like stories and kind of so I think that there's an artistic side that's kind of amplified with technology for him and so I think yeah I think we don't we don't have all the answers about our kids sure you know and I think part of parenting is letting them teach us who they are sure and I I think that's interesting too because your son could like self-publish a book now and he could sell a million copies on Amazon and even if he charged like three dollars or ten dollars or something right like he could be technically a published author by Mm -hmm. the time he's hasn't even graduated like high school yet Mm -hmm. right or even junior high yeah kids today um you know even uh, millennials I would say sure have they get that they get the power of technology it's my generation of parents my you know adults who don't we we uh, vilify it we sure. don't understand it because we don't understand it. We humans fear what they don't understand. Fair. And so I think that be, us, me not growing up with technology and being adept at it, I tend to, I'm suspect of it. And so my sure. son has taught me over the last three years and all my kids that it's not going away. You know, the internet's yeah. here and they love it. And I better, if I'm going to be the parent I want to be, I better roll my sleeves up and get in there with them. And that's really what our router's about. It's a tool to help parents who want to be engaged in what their ki- who their kids are. It gives them a way to be able to do that. Yeah, and an easy way that you don't have to be technical because most people nowadays that's have right. a smartphone right. or a laptop or both, probably both, yep. right? And the yeah. price point is coming down so much that it's just that's what you have nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, and being able mm-hmm. to control your technology and monitor your kids, I, I think, is, is super important. And I mm-hmm. think... It's just we're at the very beginning of this, and I, I kind of love that about what you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious to know, um, obviously the router is kind of your first product. Are you working on kind of a second product now, or is it kind of, where's, I guess, what's yeah. the future of Torch? Or Great you don't question. know? Well, I have, um, you know, I, I wish I had a crystal ball. I have sure. big, big dreams and visions for this sure. company. Um, what we're focused on right now is building the most badass router and sure. bringing it to market um, by April and, or excuse me, in, in April, um, we will be adding features to the router. You know, again, it's all about user experience totally. for us yep. and customer empathy. And so as we learn from our customers what their needs are, we will be able to determine what features make the most sense. Um, you know, part of our 
uh, mission is to strip out the complexity. Sure. And so I think a lot of us don't know what we need. Um, so, so we're already doing R and D with some features thinking okay. about like what would homework mode look like, you know? Oh, so yeah, when your kid, and cause that's most kids have to work on a laptop now and, uh, or get very distracted by <laughs> what else is on that laptop. Sure. And so if you could put your child into homework mode, that they would only be able to access oh, you know, these school yeah, approved, yeah, yeah. uh, mom, dad approved sites. Um, so you could say like between six and seven exactly. is like homework mode exactly. and they can't access, I don't know, YouTube or, or something. Exactly. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and also the, this idea of kind of crowdsourcing the internet okay. is a really kind of um, an interesting idea that we are starting to explore more and more about, you know, like I said earlier, the blind leading the blind yeah, with parents yeah. are asking other parents who no one knows like we're like i don't know i don't know sure. what's a good site for this or for math or for what i don't know a site that you should probably block that's you know should be aware of sure so what we'll be able to do and one of the reasons we chose to go the router direction is with the data very secure data from the router we'll be able to anonymize it oh, and aggregate okay. that and so the all the torch families uh, and again it's you know well over a thousand at this point we will be able to crowdsource a better internet for families. And so That's really and pushing back to parents, you know, here are some 87% of parents have blocked these, oh, yeah, this yeah, yeah. site. Would you like to block it? It's a good idea, um, actually. Here's some trending apps that you might want to be aware of. Sure. Uh, websites that uh, if your kid's into art, here's some things that here's, you know, top 10 art sites. So once we start categorizing the web. Sure then we That's can really start to pu push out some great um, information to parents. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really useful. And, and I, I guess like me being technical, we're all, I'm always sharing stuff like that, mm -hmm. right? And I use apps even on my phone that kind of say like call blocking or I use a call blocking app yeah, that basically exactly. the crowd can say like block this guy and then everybody gets that. And I think that's super useful mm -hmm. to have. It's like, a sharing economy yeah, for... I, your kids digital habits sure. you know we, we need to help each other figure this out um you know yeah that it's the the village right the, te totally. the tech village metaphor no that's awesome um that's very cool uh, so one more ahead. thing too yeah, i'll sure. tell you so we um we one of the first kind of challenges i usually get with is people are saying well, what about lte you know oh, kid has a phone yeah, they yeah, have yeah. ipad they can just bump off your your wi-fi uh which we say yes that is true so we're already in development for a mobile device management system. Oh, so okay. we're we're going to be able to extend the 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 protective bubble, if you will, outside of the home. So okay. with their mobile devices, you can uh, kind of assign the same rules and have the oh, same oversight. Cool. So it's just um, an app for the phone then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. So and it's kind of a layered effect. So you'll have um, and and there are companies that are already doing this, and we chose the router because we wanted to uh, be a gateway into people's home and build sure. that relationship, build that trust with them. So when you say things like mobile device management, they're not like, what? What is, yeah, what yeah, are you what is that? Um, so when we introduce some new technology, then we've already got that foundation of trust with, with our customers. So. No, that that's really cool. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, and as your kids probably, you know, if they're younger, Obviously, they're probably surfing the internet at home. They might not even have a cell phone, exactly. but as they get older, 
they will get a cell phone at yeah. some point. And it's just a matter of time. You know, we're really targeting families of young kids, you okay. know, it's kind of six sure. to 12. When kids are 12, they is typically when kids are getting cell phones at that sure. point. Okay. Um, so we can get to, you know, help families when kids are younger, then they grow up with a torch and they right. don't, it doesn't phase them yeah, in yeah, as yeah. much the same way. If you introduce this now to a kid who's always had the full internet, like, you know, that might be shocking to them. Sure. Um, you might get a little reaction. Um, yeah. And I think too, if you're, child leaves your home and they still need a torch or our mobile um, solution then you know then there's probably something that you've not done you know because sure. you want them to be responsible ethical digital users by the time they leave your house so no so the bumper pad effect i think you know sure. we talk about you need bumper pads when they're little but then you start removing those bumper pads and giving them more and more responsibility Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Shelly, we're running out of time, but maybe let's close the show with kind of promoting where people can find Torch, the router, um, your company, and any social media you want to promote personally yeah. as well. So we uh, website is mytorch.com. Okay. You can find all of our social channels on there. Uh, Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Pinterest. Uh, we have a YouTube page with lots of really fun, cool videos. We've kind of taken this irreverent approach with our videos and our marketing. Okay. Uh, very tongue-in-cheek not meant to be taken literally. Um, so check out our videos on YouTube. Um, yeah, they're really fun. And then my, I, you can reach me. Twitter's probably the best way, at okay. Shelley Prevost. Um, and I'm happy to connect with people who just want to know what we're doing. Um, yeah, anybody that needs some words of encouragement sure. or advice if they're in the trenches with kids and technology, um, yeah, I would love to be that person. So. Perfect. Well, Shelly, thanks again for doing this. I'm Thank excited you, to, uh, you know, met you and uh, this is awesome. And I look forward to kind of s following you guys throughout the year and kind of the other products and products that you launch over the Great. coming years. Thank you, Kevin. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.